You're listening to The Pastor Pod, sharing what we're learning to help you lead well in our culture today. This podcast is hosted by pastors Josh Robinson and Jay Mudd. Their goal is to be real, transparent, and let you in on what pastors really think about stuff. Well, hey, welcome back to The Pastor Pod. We're glad you're here for episode 70. If you're new with us, I'm Josh. I'm here with my good friend and co-host, Jay Mudd from Orlando. What's happening from Orlando? You know, Josh, today's the first Orlando. day I'm actually sitting in a suburb of Orlando. Like now I'm not in Claremont. I'm actually, we've moved to our 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 new location, our new planting field. And it's 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 exciting to be here. Thanks for saying that. Now when you say from Orlando, it's not Orlando area. Literally, I'm I'm right outside of Disney World. Uh, You're in O-Town, man. That's good in, stuff. In fact, my daughter is at Disney World today. Uh, wow. She was not at school. She's hanging out with a friend at Disney World. So anyhow. Josh, wow. good to be here. How are you doing, my friend? You doing well? Good, man. We've been uh, running hard for about a few weeks here, so I'm, I'm I am I am I'm on fumes in some ways, but but there's so many good things happening uh, in our church and our family. I've been coaching uh, YMCA basketball. We had our last practice this last Tuesday. We have our last game coming up uh, tomorrow, and uh, so it's been a fun season. We've been able to connect with some new families and some kids learned to learn to dribble. Some, some, some better than others. Some have learned how to pass. Some have, some have probably not learned anything because I've been their coach, but we've had a good time. You know, I have a video. Uh, it's a, it's a funny video of me and uh, Louie and I playing basketball in Boston and he was much smaller and I'm being a good dad. I'm like, all right, dribble in, dribble in, dribble in, dribble in, take the shot. And as soon as I take the shot, he takes a shot and I smack it. <laughs> <laughs> and I say, get that out of my house. And Holly was recording and I was messing with him. It's mm-hmm. a joke. But anyhow, uh, my kids love basketball. And I bet you're a great basketball coach, Josh. Great basketball coach. Well, I do love the game, but we had uh we our last practice, uh, all the parents played the kids. So it was it was the oh, most yeah. out of control, like three two and a half hours with both controlled teams. chaos is what uh, just it was. seeing par- like parents trying not to like pull pull their you know pull their backs out what's what's hysterical and uh like some parents can't like turn it off you know they're like going full steam against a bunch of like six-year-olds so i had to kind of like tone them down a little bit like remember we could like you could flatten someone but no we had a good time that sounds like when we played baseball in in Boston. We, at the end of a rec season baseball, the parents played the kids, and mm-hmm. uh, it all ended when one parent hit a ball that could have literally taken a kid's head off. And he's like, "All right, we probably shouldn't do this." All <laughs> like, right, or, well, or, great, guys. or not swing let's go for get the some fences, ice cream. like we're at Fenway or something, yeah, right? <laughs> Come on, guys. All right, Josh. Oh, today. Goodness. Today, we're kicking off a new series right here on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, We just wrapped up our um, uh, series for in the church last month, uh, you know, in the end of February. And so today, beginning of March, we're kicking off a new series. What's the series, Josh? We're talking about extending the kingdom, talking about how do we continue to reach out build the kingdom of God. And so we're going to walk through some really cool topics and and, uh, really questions over the next really five weeks. So this is the beginning of that. Today, we're going to talk about uh, understanding the Holy Spirit and walking in the power of the Holy Spirit as leaders, as churches. Sweet. I can't wait. Um, and this is one of those fun topics that depending on your background, you're growing up, what you know about 
uh, you know, what, what, what your experience is in church life, the Holy Spirit can be one of those tricky topics. Um, but, um, rather I think it is one of the most, um, encouraging and, um, yeah, I would just say encouraging, uh, mm -hmm. topics. Um, Tim Keller, um, and many of you guys know who Tim Keller is. He's the, uh, former, you know, I guess a pastor emeritus, whatever you want to call him, uh, there in New York. And, um, he, I just listening to some podcasts that he did, uh, they're fairly older podcasts, um, sermons he did like on a Sunday night talking about the comforting aspect mm -hmm. of the Holy spirit. And it was really, really encouraging. I'll try to find mm -hmm. that and we'll drop it in the notes. Maybe uh, I'll try to find that link to that, uh, as a extension of this, uh, podcast. And so Josh, I think it is, um, only fair that we kind of try to maybe define some terms, try to maybe, uh, you know, look at where we want to start in scripture when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit's the, one of the three persons of the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit fully um, acts um, on our behalf and, uh, you know, it, it prompts us to live and to draw close to God. Um, where, do, where, where should we start at today? Should we start in the book of Acts, Josh? Is that where we should we start? Yeah, I think Acts 2 is, a, a, of course, the, the big chapter on Pentecost and the Holy Spirit coming down and filling the church that day. And um, I covered that uh, like last spring. We went through the first eight chapters of Acts, which is just incredible, uh, just seeing how the early church began. But also, I love John 16, you know, the upper room discourse where Jesus is is telling his disciples, Hey, there's, there's a comforter coming. There's a helper. And, uh, and don't be afraid. Don't be, don't, don't be distressed that, 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 that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be crucified and then I'm going to resurrect. And the, then the Holy spirit is coming and you're going to do greater things than, than I have done, which has always been a challenging scripture to understand because I mean, this is Jesus, uh, but which was, I, I really believe Jesus was saying that the breadth and the width and the impact of the church empowered by the spirit is going to spread the gospel, of course, all around the world as we, as we know now. So yeah, the Holy spirit of course came down upon uh, the church through, through this moment in the book of acts so that I was just talking to our worship pastor, Aaron Miller today, we're, we're talking about Easter, you know, cause Easter's, you know, the other day, I forget a few days ago, they're like, Hey, you guys know Easter's like five weeks away or four and a half weeks away. And I kind of, I kind of just like, I had to take a moment because I'm like, I know it's coming, but it kind of hit me hard. So we were, we were talking through the message and of course we, we all know the Easter message, but, but the whole idea that the disciples after Jesus ascended, he said, Hey, go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait and I want you to pray. Have you found that to be just fascinating to think about? Like they've seen the risen Jesus. They've seen the nail scarred hands. They, he's appeared to all these different disciples, right? The road to Emmaus, he's, He's, you know, appeared to the disciples and told Thomas not to be uh, doubtful anymore and Mary and, and all those that had, had seen him. But just to imagine being those disciples that followed the instructions and say, hey, go to Jerusalem and I just want you to wait and pray. So those are two things that are, I think, very difficult for mankind to do in general is waiting and for Christians praying. Um, I think those are two tasks. Uh, praying is a labor of love. It's something that you have to actually, I mean, there are, there are people who are very, um, it is, it is something they are, they are very rigid about, but for most people, what I found when it comes to praying, they, 
you know, it, it takes some work uh, to set aside the time. And I know for me, I'll take for me, I have this crazy brain that doesn't ever shut off. And I'm always mm-hmm. thinking, always moving. And, and it's hard for me to be still at times and 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 pray. But I do think it's fascinating that this is what Jesus said. This is what he told his disciples to go away. And I think what he's, he's setting them up, right? It's sort of like the the idea of telling your kids they have to wait patiently for something exciting they know that is coming, except the disciples really mm-hmm. didn't kind of get the idea of what was actually coming. I don't think they understood mm-hmm. that. Now, let's be honest. The Holy Spirit has always been at work, all right? We see mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. activity all throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. Um, but here it was this 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 um, the ascension of the Holy Spirit on mankind to to really prompt and lead in a, in, a, in a unique way that we see in the book of Acts. But yes, I think it is fascinating that Jesus is saying, hey, look, you need to go. I'm, I'm telling you this for your own benefit. You need to go wait and pray because what is coming next, what is coming next mm-hmm. is what's going to lead you, guide you, direct you, um, you know, prompt everything you yeah. do, going to move you to be the church uh as as we know it mm-hmm. today because this is where the birth of the church was going to come was prompted by this the coming of the holy spirit and so it is very fascinating very fascinating and very again encouraging um mm-hmm. I, I don't know where i would be without the prompting of the spirit and the work of the spirit in my mm-hmm. life and through my life um and that's what jesus is kind of trying to direct his disciples to see um and and honestly, mm-hmm. I don't think I mean, can you imagine being Josh? Imagine with us for a moment, just being in the room when the Holy Spirit comes upon. I mean, think about what we read in scripture here. Mm-hmm. I, it is I, I mean, I, I don't I, I often try to put myself in shoes, the, the shoes of the people who are watching these things. And and by the way, Josh, let's let's be very honest. This is why I think this is fascinating. I try to put myself in the shoes of and just an outsider walking down the streets, right? We 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 kind of marvel at the fact that like, how could people not believe this is Jesus, the Son of God? Mm-hmm. But I want you to mm-hmm. think about like, if today somebody was doing some of the miracles that Jesus was doing, we might go, eh, I'm 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 overly skeptic mm-hmm. about what's happening, right? I think human mm-hmm. mankind is mankind; they're doing the same thing. Um, yep. They're, they're, that so putting yourself in the shoes of the disciples now when this is coming on i mean it it had to be chaos at one time going what is happening right now what in the world is happening oh. right now yeah um oh it was a powerful moment but i also mm-hmm. think about the setup god only god could uniquely set up when the holy spirit mm-hmm. was going to arrive right we're told who was in town it was during one of the major height seasons in jerusalem who's in town do you remember Josh? everyone? All the, of course, everyone. the Jews were there. I mean, they were there for you know. Of course, Pentecost was, was it was it was, Pentecost means fiftieth. It's just the it's the feast of first future first fruits, which points back to Moses and the Israelites. So, this is all a culmination of biblical prophecy, and the day of Pentecost was a huge feast, right? So the Jerusalem's just packed with thousands and thousands of people from all over the known world that are coming to Jerusalem to celebrate. So the church was born in an incredibly diverse, full, packed city. Um, and and the Bible says that there was a violent rushing wind that came from heaven. It filled the house, right, in Acts chapter 2. And then they saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each of them. And they, they were filled with the Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them in verse 4. 
And so you have this picture and, and this, it looked like flames of fire on their heads, which is a, which is a, which is a look back to uh, God's spirit leading the Israelite people through the desert, through uh, the fire, the pillar of fire at night. And so it's a picture of this is now culmination prophecy fulfilled, which is really amazing as a Jewish person in that moment. And, and, and they begin to speak in tongues as the Holy Spirit enabled them. And then what we find in this passage is, is, is clarity on this, because the whole idea of speaking in tongues, a lot of people go a lot of different ways with it. Right. There's there's extremes. Right, Jay. There's some people that are like they're afraid to talk about it and or, or because they've seen it done or, or explained in strange ways or they're like, uh, you know, the other side. And so the Holy Spirit gave them the ability to speak in different languages. And the word for tongues is known languages. It doesn't mean gibberish. It doesn't mean they were just uh, making weird noises. They were actually prophesying, worshiping, declaring the gospel in known languages. Why? Because there were people from all over the known world in Jerusalem that at that time, before Peter ever gets up to preach. I think that's just a really fascinating truth of when we say we're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, the main purpose of being filled with the Spirit of God is so that not only is God's promises fulfilled, but that we're, we're declaring, we're sharing the gospel in a known language so that someone else can come to know the living God. Hey, listen, yeah, you, again, you're, you're taking us to school here, but the truth of the matter is that's what I'm, I, I, when you're reading on this and when the Acts chapter two of the Holy Spirit, it says in verse five of chapter two, now they're dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And that sound of multitude came together. And they were bewildered because each was hearing them speak in his own language. That's exactly what we just saw. I just said, I was just reading from scripture. But again, every nation under heaven. Now, I don't know what that comes into play. But when the Bible usually talks in in, in terms of that sense, we're talking, mm -hmm. this is mass. This is, this is mass publication of mm -hmm. the good news. This is mass publication. Mm -hmm. God says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to do it big, right? Uh, we serve a mighty and powerful and big God who's only capable of engineering and setting up this this time and this place where every nation was going to re be represented. And then he the, the Spirit of God was going to work in such a way that every person there was going to hear the good news in their native tongue. And again— mm -hmm. There were skeptics there, right? There were skeptics. Well, they Why? were. They thought they were drunk. You know, they said they must have had too much before they came into the temple that day, right? And and it's crazy that this has been taken in so many different extreme theologies where we try to create it in something that's not. The Holy Spirit is a who, not is a who, not a what. He's not a force like Star Wars or or you know the way that people talk about it, like it's just this. Uh, feeling alone. The the Word of God tells us the Spirit of God always bears witness with the Word of God. And so, if someone teaches or talks about the Holy Spirit and it's and it and it contradicts the very Word of God, we know that's not the Spirit of God because all, the Bible tells us to test the spirits to make sure this is the Spirit of God. And so, when we talk about the the third person of the Trinity, um, this is the power of God coming down upon the people and the rushing wind points to, uh, it's the idea of pneuma, it's the, it's the spirit of God, and then tongues like fire is a symbol of God's presence, and then speaking in different tongues, here's what's cool about it. As they're hearing the gospel that day, and they're proclaiming it, 
there is unity among all the people groups because they're hearing the message. They're hearing the truth in their known language. And, and here's the thing. I, I grew up in church and, we, they, and you know, I would hear, I would, I would hear it taught a little bit. You know, I have, I have like a, a somewhat found like probably baseline understanding of this passage. Um, but I'll tell you, man, the more I've been gotten into it, uh, it's amazing. And the point of the miraculous gift of tongues was the proclamation of the gospel, not gibberish, uh, not just to draw attention to oneself. Of course, Paul wrote a lot about that in first Corinthians, that the church should be a place of order and clarity and not confusion and chaos. And I think that's been abused in some churches, but really at the end of the day, the Holy Spirit came, but also empowered every follower of Jesus with gifts and abilities that God has given them. And so every follower of Jesus is a spirit-led, spirit-filled Christian because we have the Holy Spirit of God and we grow in that sensitivity. We grow in that, 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 um, that sensitivity and uh, following of the spirit. Uh, but it's just uh, it's just something that's I've always enjoyed. And of course, you know, verse five says there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. And verse eight says or verse seven says, look, aren't, aren't all of those who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us are, can hear them in our own native language? And the Galileans were considered the blue collar people. Right. So I think that's interesting that God was using some of the people that you would never think like would know some of that information or, or be able to speak the language. And so God had empowered them to speak the gospel, which, and I'll be quiet after this, Jay, I want you to chime in back to Genesis 11 with the tower of Babel. God had disrupted the language because they were all trying to build an idol to themselves and to their own glory. And God dispersed all the peoples of the earth because of their pride. And now God is unifying them around his gospel through his spirit. Powerful stuff. It's just interesting. It's, it's 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 great stuff. And again, you begin to pull all of these dots together and you begin to see how our God is a God of order. Our God is a God of of, of a pl- he has a plan. It's not just total chaos. It's not just total uh, haphazard things taking place. God really is a God of order and plans and design. From the very beginning, there has been a design, and God has been using it as you're connecting the Tower of Babel, as you're connecting all of these different things to this one moment where the Holy Spirit is now present and active um, in a way, in a unique way. Again, he's always been present and active, but in this unique way here, um, you're seeing all these things come together, and really it's for one purpose um, and and with one agenda, which is to bring glory and point people to God bring glory to God and point people others to God. And really that is the work of the spirit. If you were to pull everything aside, we can get into lots of different details, but if you were to pull everything aside and say, what is the, what is the purpose of the spirit? The spirit's work mm-hmm. is the same as what Jesus was is the same as what the father's was. Why? Because they're one, they're mm-hmm. all unified in this one thing. And it's to do what? To bring glory to God and point Mm -hmm. others to do the same. That's That's really what it comes down to. And so as the spirit is at work in us, that what the spirit wants to do through us is that work. He wants to work through us in order to help uh, Mm -hmm. uh, draw us close to him and help Mm -hmm. others to do the same. That is really what the work of the spirit is all about. That's what he wants Mm -hmm. to do. That's what he's eager to do. And that's what we see as you continue to read. Now, if you were to continue Mm -hmm. to pick up there in the book of Acts, what you see is people are empowered through through the spirit 
to speak with boldness, to do things that seem, you know, absolutely crazy, mm-hmm. um, you know, with the he- with healings that would take place and things like that. Now, one of the things that I think mm-hmm. is very important that we acknowledge about the book of Acts is the uh, book of Acts is um, descriptive, not prescriptive. Um, and, and what I mean by that is this is a this is a unique book, a unique time and period of life, mm-hmm. which means when you start talking about the 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 the, the speaking of tongues, many people want to take tongues and they want to do something, some crazy things with it. In other words, to say, hey, if you don't speak in tongues, you're not truly a believer. You've heard that before, maybe. Um, if, if you don't yes. speak in tongues, then you really don't have the the mm-hmm. baptism of the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Why do they get that? The use times they'll take the book of Acts and they'll use it as a prescriptive versus a descriptive account. Um, they'll say, this right. is what we see in the book of Acts. And so therefore, but see, that is why we take the whole counsel of the word of God, mm-hmm. because now what That's you right. see is if you look at Paul's teaching, Paul's going to teach you and tell you not everyone has the gift of speaking in tongues. Well, correct. How, scripture doesn't contradict itself. That's why it's important mm-hmm. for us to acknowledge that the book of Acts is prescriptive, uh, not uh, yeah. descriptive, not prescriptive. Um, but and many people are they're secessionists. They believe it's all all ceased. I don't, I don't, I don't adhere to that. Um, I find that God's still doing miracles today. But I will say, they teach they teach it sometimes in extremes where they believe that speaking in tongues is the gift, not a gift of the Holy Spirit. Just just as God has gifted so many of us with the gift of hospitality, the gift of giving, the gift of evangelism, the gift of exhortation and encouragement, the gift, you know, and, and so on, uh, we sometimes elevate gifts. And sometimes we, whatever we're gifted in, we project that onto other people. And that's a yes. danger we have to be careful of, right? But But continue your thought. Well, no, all I was, I, again, it, 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 what I was getting at was this very thing of, I think you just said something that's really important. I don't want to lose it. The idea of projecting your gift on someone else. Um, and again, you can look at Paul's teaching uh, about the, the 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 church at large, the body of Christ. And we're not all the same, and we 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 shouldn't all be the same. We're not all going to look the same and think the same. I know I can be guilty of that because I, one of my giftings is evangelism. I love evangel- I love speaking to people. I I I get really really energized by hanging around people who don't know Jesus, and then I can be a light to. Um, and if I'm yes. not careful, I can project that on other people and go, well, why don't you think that way? Doesn't everybody mm-hmm. think that way? No, not everybody does think that way. And that's why we need the mm-hmm. whole picture. We need the whole body of Christ coming together to do the work. Mm-hmm. And the spirits at work mm-hmm. in in all aspects of the hospitality, he's at work with the evangelists, mm-hmm. he's worked with the disciples, he's worked with everybody. He's at work doing all of these things, doing similar to what we see. Because this idea of the book of Acts in chapter 2, when it tells us that there was devout men from every nation, for me, that's mind-blowing to think mm-hmm. about. Okay, mm-hmm. really, honestly. Mm-hmm. And we still have trouble wrapping our heads around that in the same way that we have trouble wrapping our hands, heads around the fact that God is using every single person in the body of Christ to accomplish something bigger than we can absolutely imagine. But our culture around us often wants to tell us, hey, you have to you have to have this gift or that gift. I had somebody literally sit next to me in Boston. They were at my table. We're having a, di- a dinner, social, uh, lots of people around. And he put his hand on my shoulder and with sincereness looked at me and said, you don't speak in tongues? said, no, sir, I don't speak in tongues. He goes, man, I'm going to pray for you. I, I, you know, pray for your salvation. I'm like, mm. I, I, scripture tells me that the moment I surrender my life to Jesus, mm-hmm. 
I received the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. And the Holy Spirit's active well before then on my behalf. And the fact that he's the one drawing mm-hmm. me to understand and know Jesus, that's one of the works of the spirit is he's the one drawing us to himself. Um, but, you know, I, I the Holy Spirit dwells in me the moment I surrender my life to Jesus. We got we that can't be up for for debate. Now, uh, I remember John Piper speaking one time and John Piper, as many of you guys know, John Piper is uh a well-known theologian as well. And he, he said he prayed for a long time that God would give him the ability to speak in tongues. Um, and he even goes on to say mm-hmm. like he would be in his, in his, in his room, like speaking and trying to speak in tongues. And it just was gibberish. And he's like, I just don't have that gift. And he's like, I've, I've prayed and I've longed for it, but that's not a gift that God has chosen to give me. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think there's a unique space here for, uh, for tongues. Yeah. I've met some, some seer, wonderful godly godly men uh and women who have told me they speak in tongues in their prayer in their prayer closet now i i don't i don't you know whether it's here there but they they're like you know i don't i don't i don't i don't speak in public and i you know i know i need interpretation and things like that um and so i just i think there's a lot of confusion a lot of misunderstandings about the holy spirit Mm -hmm. that we can't possibly cover all of them in this podcast but one thing we can be for but sure the, about is that yeah. the spirit is at work bringing glory to God and drawing mm-hmm. others to do the same. What were you going to say? Well, I think what what you just said is backed up in the latter parts of Acts, right? Peter gets up, who's been reinstated by Jesus after he denied him, right? Before Jesus ascended, Jesus said, do you love me? Three times uh, in John chapter 21 and said, do you love me? And then he said, feed my sheep. Right. And of course, Peter was cut to the heart, was like, of course I love you. And Jesus was saying, do you agape me? And Peter was saying, yes, I phileo you. And it was just really this like repentance of the heart, this reinstating, this this hope again that God could use a guy like Peter. So then Peter gets up and preaches an incredible sermon in Acts chapter 2. And the Bible says at the end of that sermon, it says that when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter and the apostles, what, what should we do? And he said, repent and be baptized. So, so the Holy Spirit of God was convicting them of their need for a Savior. And we, we find in John 16, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin and unrighteousness. That's what you were just saying. He's going to draw people. He's going to, when Jesus is lifted up, all people will be drawn unto himself. So when a, a Spirit-filled church, the moving of the Spirit, a revival is when the Holy Spirit convicts people of sin and they're drawn closer to Jesus. And they, and, and, and they ask the question, I, what do I need to do? I, I, need, I, need, I need to be changed. I need hope. I need forgiveness. I need uh, to, see, to see new life in my, in, in my brokenness. And so I just love that, that when the church was born, the Holy Spirit you know, poured through a guy that had once spoken so boldly that he would never, you know, never let Jesus down uh, to someone that doubted Jesus. And then Jesus forgave him and reinstated him. And, and the Bible says three, 3,000 were added to the church that day. So the early church started as a large church that, of course, eventually multiplied and, and sent out people to to plant churches. But the Holy Spirit is, is, what, is, is who is revealing our need for a Savior. So if, if people say, well, I want, I want to be part of a spirit-filled or spirit-led church, then that should include repentance 
It, it, it doesn't mean out of control emotionalism. It means that there is always emotion involved in it because of the Holy Spirit's work. But the Holy Spirit leads us to what should I do with this? I need to repent and believe in Jesus. Right. And I just love that about the I love that about the early church. Well, that's how the spirit works. Again, you can look at you just talked about Peter, who again, he's a guy who uh abandoned Jesus in his in in you know his 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 toughest moment. And Jesus comes back to him and says, I love do you love me? And asks him three times. Um, and then if you fast forward into the book of Acts, what you'll find is then you have this guy we've mentioned multiple times, Paul. And Paul is, uh, he, you know, he's a murderer. He's not just a murderer. He's a murderer of Christians. And yet what we see is the spirit do some remarkable things in the life of Paul that is literally, uh, you know, oversees the, you know, the, the murder of, of, of Stephen, um, has has the right to you know capture and and you know take over and 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 harm those who are of the way the Bible says, which is basically a follower of Jesus. And then something flips in Paul's life. Something mm -hmm. flips in a matter of again, it's uh -huh. one of those moments where if you're, I mean, go to Paul's 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 moment in Damascus Road where he's he's stopped in his tracks. And uh, <laughs> who 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 is that? And it's Jesus, and Jesus is speaking to Paul, and all mm the -hmm. people around him. They don't know what's happening. Can you imagine being the mm -hmm. people with Paul? Can you imagine being the people with Paul? Right. I mean, I, we don't know their they, names, but they were what are blown they away. What are they mm -hmm. thinking? They they don't know what they're thinking, right? They don't know. And and I, and I'm curious. You know, Bible doesn't tell us what happens to those guys, but they lead Paul to this this room. You know, and he's hanging out for a couple of days, not eating and just praying. Paul's prompted to pray and prompted. Again, this is what God does. This is what the spirit does. He prompts us to draw close mm -hmm. in those moments where we're convicted. He's pierced. Paul's pierced about what he's been doing. He knows something's not right. doesn't know what to do. And then you got a guy named Ananias who's told shaking. And now he's shaking in his boots and Ananias is saying, hey, uh, God tells Ananias, you got to go to Paul. And he's like, wait a minute. I know this guy, Paul. This is the guy who wants to kill me. I'm I'm of the mm -hmm. way. He wants to. You want mm -hmm. me to go talk to him, and and again, why? Again, coming back to what does the work of the Spirit do? Mm -hmm. It works in you mm -hmm. to draw you close to God. Imagine Ananias' boldness that day when he sees the very guy mm -hmm. who is well known as a murderer of those, a, you know, an opposer of the of Christians, mm -hmm. literally turn. Yeah. Right. Turn. Imagine mm -hmm. what that does with his relationship with God. He's seeing God yeah. do remarkable things, but he is also very instrumental in going to Paul and being faithful and going to Paul and, and concluding and finishing because Paul in, after that moment of talking to Ananias and the scales fall, Paul's immediate Paul's baptized. And Paul mm -hmm. begins this journey now of a totally different, uh, totally different lifestyle. Again, the work mm -hmm. of the Spirit. I'm just, this is the work of the Spirit. This is what the Spirit does every single time. If you want to know whether or not this is of God, you're going to ask yourself, is this drawing people to God? And is this drawing mm -hmm. me to God? Me to God? And, and it brings repentance. God. And it's crazy when yeah. Ananias, right? When he's, when God's like, hey, listen, you need to go be with Paul. And he's like, wait, you you know who, you know who he is, right? Like, you know, like, are you sure you got the right guy? You know, like he's the guy that was on his way to persecute and kill Christians. Like, but what's crazy about that story is, of course, he obeys the Spirit's leading. 
And when he speaks to Paul, he calls him brother Paul or brother Saul. Of course, it's before, you know, uh, that's a powerful moment for him to say brother was a huge deal because, and it took a while for many of the, many of the believers to really truly believe that this guy was truly been changed because they thought maybe he was, who knows, maybe he was manipulating or or making it up, but eventually they realized, man, this guy really has been transformed by the grace of God. And of course, all that Paul wrote later in his life was just over and over and over that God through his grace would save someone like me. And again, that's, that's, Again, I want to go back to because remember, God is a God of of design. He's designed, and and we didn't. Who would have thought that God would use somebody like Paul? But yet, what does God tell Ananias? He says, "This is this is my chosen instrument." Mm-hmm. You think this was just God going? No, this was God's this was God's chosen instrument. Mm-hmm. If God would use this person. Why would He use this? I you know I can't help but believe today. It, it tells a story that. No one's yeah. too far. No one's, no one's, no one's too far. No one's too far. No one's got to do the no work. One's out. And then the other thing that he says is, and I'm going to show him how much he's going to suffer for my name, <laughs> which I'll be honest with you. Could have left that part out. Right. You know, but I'd be like, wait a minute. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use him as a chosen instrument, but I'm also going to show him how he's going to suffer. And boy, did Paul suffer, but he suffered for the glory of God. And But God and gave him a it. doctor to hang out with him. God yeah, gave his did. own personal Luke, yeah. doctor. Okay, yeah, Luke so hung out with him. Timothy so hung not, out with him. So God, yes, God was going. God <laughs> was going to. God was going to cause him to suffer. But God's like, hey, I got you in the suffering though. Just so you know, Luke's going to be hanging out with you. He's a doctor. He's got you. He's going to take care. That's and if right. anybody needed a personal doctor, it was going to be Paul because of his persecution he was going to endure. Um, but yeah, the work of the Spirit. So as we're as we're kind of walking through this. And I think this is a, a, a great place to start, especially in this series of extending the church, is because the church can never extend without the work uh-huh. of the Spirit. We can That's never right. advance the kingdom without the work of the Spirit. We desperately need the Spirit of God to work in and through us in order to extend the kingdom of God, because that is, again, we come back to it multiple times. That is the purpose of the spirit. And that's what he does. He, he works mm-hmm. in and through believers um, to extend the kingdom of God. And so as we kick off this new series, this is where we need to start because this is where it starts. It's not because of any, any things that we do, any prompt, you know, we can, we can, we can have the best strategy in the world, Josh. All right. Mm-hmm. You're in a, you're in a, you're in a moment right now in your church where you got a forward, you, the forward of initiative, right? Is that what you call it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And and it's pretty powerful. I think there's other churches using it too. Um, They're using that concept of the forward initiative, right? Oh, there's all kinds of forwards out there, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you got the forward initiative, right? And Mm -hmm. you can have all the plans in place. You can have all Mm -hmm. the best designers in place. You can have all these things. But if you don't have the spirit of God, Josh, it's it's all for naught. It's not going to succeed, right? Um, is it's, it's just not going to succeed. And, and, and I love, again, I'll come back to the book of Acts. I believe Acts chapter five, um, somewhere in verse 30. Okay. Cause I don't have it pulled up right now. Um, people are just freaking out because of what's the, what's happening through the work of the disciples. And there's a wise man who pulls the, the, the leaders of the day, uh, that are upset and up in arms about this, pulls them aside and says, listen, you got to understand mm-hmm. if, if, if this is not of God, it will fail. But is it, if, mm-hmm. if it is of God. There's no stopping it. Mm-hmm. Now this is J. This is J version. It's not. It's paraphrased. Mm-hmm. But there's no stopping it. If it is of God, there's no stopping yes. it. But if it's not of God, listen, it, it's mm-hmm. all going to fall apart. And I say that because if the spirit of God is not at work, it's all going to. It, it's not going to succeed. 
it, it is going to eventually crumble and fall because we're not laying the great foundation. Uh, the foundation that's desperately needed is we need the Spirit of God to work in and through us. We need people around us that are wise and walking in the Spirit and with the Spirit of God to guide us as we make decisions mm-hmm. in the local church. So pastors, right. if you're listening, I want to encourage you, you know, stay in step with the Spirit. Stay in step with God's word and love with God's word. The Holy Spirit's going to work through God's words, you know, and, and to it to prompt you and empower you to do the work uh, God has called you to do. But if you're steering from that and you find yourself trying to do it in your own power, that is where we often will make some of our biggest and greatest mistakes. Is we're trying to do things in our own power versus being. Uh, we'll go back to where we very started, where Jesus told the disciples to go pray and wait being patient for the Holy Spirit to move, waiting for the Holy Spirit to move. and But because when he moves, great and big things happen. As we see in the early church where 3,000 people come together, it's multiplied. Um, you know, it, it, Crazy things happen when the Spirit moves. But it, can you imagine, let's go back to where we started this podcast. What if the disciples were like, Jesus told us to go to, to Jerusalem, and rather than pray and wait, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna start telling people what we know because we saw – we saw Jesus resurrected. They had enough to testify on. Did they not have the information they needed to testify? Now they probably didn't have the boldness to do it, but because <laughs> after all, they were they were mm-hmm. hiding out in the, they were hiding out in the upper room, right? But they didn't have the bold. But what if they try to do it on their own? I don't know, but I think it was really important where you started at of being patient and waiting for the Spirit to move. And many times, I think that what we try to do is mm-hmm. we try to get ahead of the Spirit and say, "Hey, we're just going to do this." Versus being patiently waiting for the Spirit of God to move in our lives, through our church's lives, through our family's lives, all of those things. It's huge. I think it's the boldness they had was was out of the empowerment of the Spirit, right? Correct. And that's the, at the end of the day, it's the glory of God, the spread of the gospel. I mean, it's all those things that we know is true. If you if you're a pastor leader in a church, you get it. Um, I think the the confusion of the Holy Spirit is when we try to add man's you know, own perspective into it and not, and not be, and not just go straight to the word of God and let it speak. I think if we just keep the word of God central, let the word of God breathe. Um, it gives clarity on the Holy spirit and, and spiritual gifts and why God sent his spirit to the early church is to empower it for the glory of God and, and to the ends of the earth. I mean, going all the way back to Abraham, but he said, I'm going to make you, you know, I'm going to make you a great nation and you're, you're going to be a blessing. Right, it, it's 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 an it is a fulfillment of every Old Testament prophecy that it points to the people of God being a blessing to the nations, and really, it's a missionary heart. Right? right, the heart of God is a missionary heart, and so when we understand the Holy Spirit in that way, it's not some weird feeling or emotion or um, or or conjuring up. I mean, some people feel like they they can kind of make it happen, and there's a lot of things that have happened in my life, I mean, our lifetime where you, you just question like, is this really a move of God or is this really the Holy spirit? Or is this just, uh, the burrito I ate at lunch? You know, like, how do you, how do I know, you know, this is the Holy spirit. And I think continually saying, uh, go back to the word and the Holy spirit of God will always line up with the word of God. And, uh, and I think as long as we do that and we remain sensitive to the spirit, we're sensitive to the leading of the spirit. Uh, but remembering that the Holy Spirit can work on Tuesday morning in a staff meeting just as much as God can work uh, on during a church service. And remembering that the Holy Spirit is not confined to a place, but now the Holy Spirit lives within us. And to grow in sensitivity 
and growing and asking God's spirit to lead us, to guide us. Like you were saying, Jay, being, being available, um, and really waiting on him. I struggle with that. I'm ready to move, you know, to step four or five, uh, before I get to step two sometimes. And, and God continually reminds me that, uh, Jesus said, John 15, apart from me, you can do nothing. Right. And, uh, that that's, that's right before he talked about the Holy spirit. I think it's, Jesus was trying to teach them, listen, it's, it's, you you grow in the spirit of God when the more we're sensitive to and available. Right. And just, and, and to rest in him as we serve him. Right. Um, and so I'm not doing things for God. I'm doing things with God and with his power through me. Right. And when we can, and when we maintain that spirit, I think God uh, does some of his greatest work because at the end of the day, some of the things that God has, has done and is doing and will do through your life, Jay, my life. And for those listening, we pray it's, it's things that can only make sense because it's the Holy spirit that did that, that right. provided the way, uh, whether that's that person that's far from Jesus that comes to know him or that difficult difficulty you're going through that God through his spirit is giving you comfort or maybe right. a sin pattern that you're struggling with that the Holy spirit is going, Hey, that's not me and convicting you of that to draw you away from that and to heal you from that. Uh, so the Holy spirit's working in all these different ways. It's just learning to recognize it and uh, be sensitive to it. This is so good. So good. So, uh, Josh, I think, uh, that's a great place for us to wrap up with today. Um, and in, in, in this initial podcast of this new series we're in, extending the church, and so I uh, want to encourage everybody to uh, you know continue with us along through it. We'd love to hear back and feedback. You have questions, maybe on this topic of the Holy Spirit, you have questions. Reach out to us. The pastorpod at gmail.com is the email address you would use for that. Uh, you can also uh, DM us on any of the social platforms that the Pastor Pod is on. You can likely find Josh and I personally on the podcast if you'd like to reach out to us as well. Uh, next week, Josh, we're going to be hanging a little bit at Exponential. Um, yeah. It's a big church planning conference in uh, Orlando. And so mm -hmm. Josh is coming to my hometown, my town. That's right. Uh, That's right. Not my hometown. I'm not from Orlando, but uh, coming to Orlando, uh, I'll be hanging with Josh. You might even be able to catch both of us together at some point. Um, mm -hmm. But um, if you want to connect at Exponential, reach out to us, thepastorpod.gmail.com. We'd love to connect with you. We'd love to hang. Um, get to know you. We love meeting people who are uh, venturing along with us. We may not even know you're venturing along with us, but we love to interact with those. Um, and Josh, I was just telling you as we kind of clicked on the podcast this morning, hit record today and hit record um, some people that we've reconnected with through the podcast that I'm like, man, I'm so glad that happened. Mm -hmm. um, so if you're at Exponential next week, uh, please let us know. We'd love to connect with you. Um, again, the pastorpod at gmail.com. But Josh, um, good kickoff to the series. Thanks for uh, leading us well in that area. And so listen from Josh and myself here at the Pastor Pod. Have a great weekend ahead of you and a great week next week. We'll see you soon.